0: Welcome to the Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women, hosted by the Gospel Coalition Australia. My name is Taryn Hayes, and this is episode 36. In today's episode, I'm thrilled to be able to share with you my chat with Christy Anwabile. She's a mum, she's a wife of a well-known pastor in the United States, she's theologically trained, she's an author, she's part of the Charleston Men Trust team, and much more. But I suspect that Christy would most like to identify as a Christian woman living her life with the view to honor and glorify our God. In this interview, Christy shares some wonderful insight and she introduces us to her newly released bible study devotional book called his testimonies my heritage women of color on the word of god christy has got so much to share i'm so excited for you to hear so why don't we get straight into it here's christy welcome to the Lydia project christy i'm just thinking it's absolutely crazy here we are a south african woman an american woman in australia and we found out just last night that our paths have actually crossed before and one of our friends, our mutual friends, happens to be in Australia as well and happens to be visiting us tonight, and we had no idea. It's crazy. It's exciting. I reckon it's God's providence in our lives, which makes me even more excited that you're here to be with us and to share your story.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is a treat, and, uh, and you're right, it's, it's so interesting in the body of Christ how our world really is pretty small when you yes. think about it, you know. And it, I've had a couple of instances like that where I was traveling someplace, uh, met someone, years later, met them in a random, you know, different place, and and just the Body of Christ. We just see our family over and over again in kind of oh, awesome. random but providential ways. So it's yeah. such a treat to uh, be oh, with absolutely. you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it is such, I'm feeling very privileged to have you here in my home. Likewise. And uh, your son hanging out with my boys. Yes. Hopefully having some fun and not getting up to too much mischief picking
1: up um, some Australian, you know, phrases. Oh, Titus wants to go home with an Australian accent. Oh, so really? We'll see. He's
0: going to have to try really hard because <laughs> right. I was definitely an American accent. Uh, yeah. So.
1: And also he would come with your family. He'd probably have more of a South African accent than an Australian one. So. That's exactly right.
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Now, last Thursday, I had the privilege of hearing your husband preach and it was fabulous. I'm talking about the maintaining unity in a multicultural society. Mm. And I was under the mistaken impression that you pronounced his first name, Thabiti. But please, for the sake of our listeners and for (laughs) me, how do you pronounce his first name and your last name? Yeah. Yeah. So his
1: name, T-H-A-B-I-T-I, is Thabiti. Thabiti. Mm -hmm. And the it's it sort of has Arabic roots, so okay. it would come from the Arabic form would be thabit. Ah, mm, okay, so, yeah, so thabiti, and then our last name a n y a b w i l e an y a b w i l e an y a b w i l e
0: an y a b w i l e yeah, just let it roll An-Yabuile. off the tongue, An-Yabuile. yes. <laughs> Anya buile, yes. so coming from south africa we are tempted to pronounce it how maybe zulu tongue would pronounce mm. it which would be tabiti but it's good to to get the right pronunciation yeah. i'm sure people get your the pronunciation <laughs> wrong all the time well they
1: work so hard at getting tabiti's name correct that they often forget mine <laughs> <laughs> mine is just christy and they're like i don't remember be yours but he's the beady yes I, I, you know i've been practicing that so <laughs> hilarious. it's funny but he'll you know he goes by any random you know conglomeration of syllables you know you just put you three or four syllables together he'll probably answer you <laughs> oh brilliant they call him pastor t uh, in our church so okay you kind of avoid all, that. The, all the hard
0: bits <laughs> <laughs> all the awkwardness yes exactly pastor t i like yes, that yes uh-huh. Three kids? Tell us about them. Yeah, so we
1: have Afia, she's our oldest. Uh, She is going into her last semester at university. And um, then we have, she's an English major. And then we have Eden, she's our middle one. And she just finished her second year at university. She's an art major. Hmm. And then we have Titus, and he's in middle school, just starting 8th grade this year and loving all things Fortnite, Xbox, and soccer. (laughs) And a little bit of anime, you know. Oh, yeah. He reads a ton. So, yeah. so
0: He sounds like you're a pretty average 12-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah,
1: pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Both of the girls, Afiya's somewhat close to home, her school. Eden, she's about nine and a half hours away from home. Okay. Um, So we don't get to see her as much and uh you know the kids are growing they're into adulthood the girls Mm -hmm. are it's a different season it's sweet but also sad you know um you you miss them and they choose you know yeah they travel they visit with friends you know they don't want to spend the whole holiday at home you know and those kinds of things and it's fun in a lot of ways Uh, but it's also you know you have that sense of oh gosh they're actually leaving the nest what's next so it's a a joy
0: you're ahead of me there yeah i i feel it already so (laughs) i can just imagine what you yeah what you are experiencing but But you see them grow you see them
1: mature and you see that they're ready and Mm. that brings a lot of comfort you know not that you know we did anything to facilitate that it's the lord's grace in it but I think that does temper a lot of the, oh no, they're leaving me uh, when you see that they're, you know, they're becoming mature, responsible adults, and mm. doing what most of us do as adults, you know, uh, we work, we spend time with family
0: and friends,
1: we Mm-mm. enjoy this good life the Lord has given us. Yeah.
0: So as I understand it you, here in Australia, mm-hmm. for a bit of a holiday, uh, mixed in with some preaching um, around the place, I suppose, for Thabiti um is that right yeah that's right yeah so um
1: through the kindness of uh, tgc australia uh they sort of or organized um a series of preaching and teaching opportunities for the bd mostly in the queensland area which has been really nice to meet people from small rural farming towns like dalby mm. to you know people who live here in the city of brisbane um to people who i, I think maybe more kind of retirees and um uh, people who live in the kind of the beach communities and cairns and, and townsville so i feel like we've gotten a pretty decent you know grasp of the landscape of Queensland,
0: you uh, have. I
1: don't know what we've missed. But you've seen a whole lot more than yeah. I have. <laughs> but uh, but it's been a sweet trip, and everywhere we go, Thabiti is keen to express to people we meet that. We're happy you know, they're saying to us, oh, we're so happy you came all this way to spend time with us. And we're saying it's such an honor to be able to come and spend Mm -hmm. time with you and to see our family in another part of the world. You know, and it's the body of Christ and we're family. And so really viewing it from that way is just an honor and a privilege to be here. People ask, oh, what have you done? Have you gone to the Great Barrier Reef? Are you going to do this? You know, a lot of the sightseeing things, which we'll do a little bit of that this week. But most of the joy for us has really been um, opportunities we've had to fellowship with people mm-hmm. and uh, to get to meet, you know, our church family in Australia.
0: So yeah. it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I'm very glad that I got to be a part of that. Yeah, That's been me great. too.
1: Likewise. Yeah.
0: So obviously, like the rest of us, you weren't always a Christian. How was it that you came to faith in Christ? Yeah. Um, thank you for asking. So my... Growing up,
1: my grandmother um, lived in our home from the time I was born, <laughs> and so my dad's mom um, lived with us my whole growing up, and I've only, I'd have only i only known her as an elderly woman, so when I was born, she was in her 80s, I guess, and mm-hmm. uh, she died um, a month shy of her 104th birthday. Wow. So she was 103 years old when she died. I remember in her 80s, um, the kids outside playing and jumping rope. Do you guys do double Mm -hmm. dutch here, you know, with the two ropes? So we're outside jumping rope, doing double dutch. And my 80-something-year-old grandma is outside, you know, jumping rope with us. Jumping rope with you. yeah. Yeah. Wow. So she was really strong, very active, godly woman. She came to Christ when she was a little girl, maybe four or five I think. And so, um, I've only known her as an elderly woman and I've only known her as a godly woman. And so my grandmother was the one, her name, by the way, um, was NICIE, N-I-C-I-E. N-I-C-I-E.
0: That's So everyone
1: called her Miss Nicey. Uh. but she, you know, in our family situation, we, you know, there were three kids and my parents, um, and we lived in like a three bedroom house and so i shared a room with my grandmother every night before bed she would read psalm 23 Mm -hmm. we would pray by her bedside she had kind of the old feather bed and the little feathers would pop out of the bed and you know just the old school kind of springs that you could see in the mattress and those kinds of things and uh and I just remember that so vividly because I remember kneeling by my bedside every night with her uh, to pray and um, to recite the songs or something like that. And so she was my first Christian influence wow. growing up. Um, I didn't know Christ, and but I, we were a church-going family in a sense. The older I got, my parents would kind of send us off to church. And we would go with my grandma and that sort of thing. But so I kind of grew up in church, grew up being active as a child in church. But when I went off to university, I went to church a little bit, but just got involved with the college life and worldly lifestyle and got involved with this guy who is now my husband, (laughs) but he was not a Christian at the time. And as a matter of fact, he had converted to Islam early on in our college years. So he had no interest in church. I had nominal interest in church um, and just decided after a while not to go anymore. And then I thought I wasn't learning anything. I don't get what's happening in this place. You know, I just didn't see a need for Mm -hmm. going to church. Fast forward a number of years, um, my husband, Thabiti, and I at the time were were at the same university. And I remember when I first started school, I started taking all these religion courses because I was just interested in it. And I was trying to figure out why are there so many religions? and what are the commonalities between them? Maybe if I found what was common among all the different religions, like that's really truth. Okay. And then that's what I'll hold on to. And so I started kind of developing this real syncretist uh, view of religion and kind of building my own thing. Um, and I would tell people, hey, I'm not I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. You know? and yeah. just kind of hold on to bits and pieces Well, all of these, you know, religions, they all value truth. Oh, so truth must be, you know, that, that has to go in, the, in my pot of things, mm-hmm. you know, to hold on to and believe. Oh, they all believe in, you know, maybe moral virtues and those kinds of things. So I would just kind of grab and pick and yeah. choose what I thought was, you know, valid and true. Uh, so we, you know, I go through university that way. We get married right before my, our senior year. And then um, a couple years after we got married, we found out we were pregnant with our first child. And everyone's excited. We're the babies of the family, having babies. You know, by the time, you know, we announced that we were pregnant really early on, like six, seven weeks. So, you know, um, the whole family, as anyone would be, is just Mm. really excited. Uh, So we finally get to that um, 10-week you know, time frame when we'd hear the baby's heartbeat for the first time, and uh, and there was no heartbeat, and we found out that we had lost um, this baby, and that not only losing the baby, but the what we felt was a coldness and a kind of a uncaring, you know, response from my uh, OB uh, just sent us in a tailspin. We both kind of. Went into our own seasons of depression and just trying to figure out life, mm-hmm. and so and so growing up, I had had this belief that I'm in control of my own destiny. I can be what I want to be. I can do what I want to do if I work hard. If I set my mind to these things, I can have it all. And so now I'm in this crisis where this wasn't in my plan, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And if I could be and do anything I want to do, how did this happen, you know? And so it sent me on this search. Well, if there's a God, then, you know, it's kind of the standard question. Well, why would a good God allow this horrible thing to happen? Mm-hmm. And if this is something that God has planned for my life, I kind of need to know what else, you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> this being has planned for me. Right. And so that kind of sent me on a little bit more of a search. Like I need to figure out what God is all about. If he's or she or whomever is really out there same time, the bees having his own kind of questions of faith coming out of Islam and those kinds of things. And so he just was watching television one day and he turned uh, to a Christian channel. Well, no, it was a music channel, but they just had a Christian preacher on that day. And the preacher was preaching through um, second Timothy. And if the beat, I come home and the beat, says, Hey, you got to listen to this guy. Like, He's he's speaking from the Bible, and it actually kind of makes sense. Oh, wow. Now, first of all, this is the BD coming out of Islam, and he was like, you know, the campus Saul. Like, he would devour Christians, like, for lunch, you mm-hmm. know, just, and, you know, attacking the Christian faith a lot. So, for him to tell me he's watching a Christian preacher, and he's liking and understanding what he's saying was just... I couldn't believe it. so I'm like, okay, well, whoever this guy is, we, I need to listen to him. Mm-hmm. So we started watching his show regularly. Um, and over a period of time, we, you know the Lord was starting to draw us by his word through this television preacher. And so the pastor lived in Washington, DC, and um, we were in the South in um, Eastern North Carolina at the time. And so we decided to just take a trip and go and visit his church. It was about four and a half hours from home, but we're going to drive up one weekend, go to his church. We go and he preached the gospel from Exodus 32. Oh wow. And the title of his sermon was, uh, what does it take to make you angry? And so he's opening, opening up to us, um, this whole idea of sin And having a righteous indignation over sin um, and how that's true of God his righteous indignation over sin and what he has done about it um, through Christ and he really preached the gospel and and showed us the beauty of Christ and that if we would cast ourselves upon Christ that um, all the um, anger that God has over our sin was poured out on Jesus Mm -hmm. and that we could be forgiven of our sins um, through Christ and he just explained very clearly to us through that message um, the gospel and then Thabiti and I both were converted um, at that service and so it was one of those kind of law and gospel messages where for the first time I understood myself to be a sinner and I understood myself uh, to be in need of salvation. And then he showed us how um, that 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 need would only be met uh, through repentance and faith in Christ. And so, yeah, from then we just came to Christ together, started studying God's word together, asking the hard and silly questions together. And, I like that, uh, the, the hard Lord and has, silly questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the Lord has just kept us, by His grace, over that time.
0: Um, what an incredible story. Yeah. And to yeah. think how your grandma, you know, jumping rope, but faithfully praying with you mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. That is just such a... It's a beautiful story. Yeah. A beautiful Thank story. Yeah.
1: And it's interesting how people who don't know Christ, how they reconcile um, any loss, mm-hmm. you know, in that way, and how much they either have to um ignore you know in in terms of their own conscience
0: mm-hmm.
1: or just kind of tuck away in terms of their own heart um and you know i i just am so thankful that the lord sent us on that journey that led us to him and i guess mm-hmm. that would be my prayer for other people i was reading yeah. a biography recently autobiography and the book that I was reading, the person is very well known and very well known to be a proponent of, you know, a pro choice uh, proponent. And she was telling the story of her, her own story of having a miscarriage and her own feelings of, of loss. They eventually had two children, but the way that she disconnected that loss from Um, the idea that it was a human that Mm -hmm. she was carrying, I just thought, what blindness? In one hand, she was saying, we grieved. But if you're not believing that what you're carrying is human Mm -hmm. and alive, then, you know, what's the loss that you're grieving? You know, is it potential? Or So anyway, I just find it, you know, it's interesting Mm. to see how people kind of reconcile grief and loss and pain um, and death. Yeah. when they're outside of Christ and I know I was the same way yeah, yeah. right but yeah. you know it's kind of looking back in time yeah. and just trying to re- remember and I'm thankful in the sense that I, I don't remember like the, the I don't remember what it was like to experience pain and loss outside of Christ mm. because now I think the Lord has reoriented my life in such a way that everything that I experience is under the banner of and the truth of god's word and the hope that we have in him and the hope of eternity to come and that our suffering is you know our servant and you know for all who trust Mm. in christ that we will have suffering and persecution um but that god glorifies himself Mm. through it you know
0: i i think you've got a, a lot of words of wisdom there there's um i guess he's a
1: theologian academic his name is um, Jay Bujashevsky. but a long time ago he wrote a book called The Revenge of Conscience and in it he talks about how uh, you know where in the scripture it talks about um, our conscience I might be making this up but something about how our consciences bear witness against mm-hmm. us or something to that effect but anyway in the book he talks about how in order to appease our conscience Oftentimes, will let's say um, someone has an abortion, um, and in a in a twisted way, to appease the conscience, if the woman gets pregnant again, she'll have another abortion. You know, so in a way to say, kind of say, well, that wasn't wrong or that wasn't that bad. Mm. And then, and just kind of the multiplying, deepening effect of sin when your conscience isn't shaped, Mm. you know, by the word of God. And you know what I mean? Yes. I don't know if I'm making sense, but it's just an interesting kind of way to think about. And I think it's true that, you know, sin heaps upon itself more sin if Mm. it's not checked.
0: We see it today in our our world. It's just, we got us. so clearly given us over to us in in the mm-hmm. uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, as it says yeah. in Romans. Romans one yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we just you've just shared your testimony. Um and in September you have a book coming out called His Testimony is My Heritage. And here are some of the things that people have been saying about it. Somebody I actually know personally. <coughs> we we were a book club together for many, many years. Cape Mutang.
1: Oh yes. um, yeah
0: author of a very beautiful memoir, yes. a Place to Land. She's yes. a white american woman married to a black south african man that's right so she knows all sorts of different life challenges Mm -hmm. and she writes my soul has been refreshed by this timely reminder of god's kind and gracious provision for his people through his word it's been a while since i've read a book that so emphasized the sufficiency and relevancy of scripture for today's problems Um, I thought that was Mm -hmm. really, really encouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, Then a a name that we all recognize, D.A. Carson, president Mm -hmm. of the Gospel Coalition and a prolific writer and respected theologian. He writes, His testimonies, My Heritage, is an edifying book. What the essayists in this collection have in common are two things. They're all women of color, and they all write out of the deep and moving experience of joyfully coming under the authority of Holy Scripture. So two out of very many mm. very encouraging endorsements tell us about this really incredible starting book
1: yeah Um. thank you so yeah the book is called um, his testimonies my heritage women of color on the Word of God and basically it is a set of expositional devotions that walk through Psalm 119 so um, Many people will know that Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It is 176 verses, if I'm not mistaken. It is an acrostic poem. And so um, there are 22 sections to correspond with the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And so each of the contributors... And so uh, the 22 sections are divided into eight-verse stanzas. And so the contributors have each taken and at eight verse section, um, and have written devotions for each of those sections. Um, and they have written them, um, intentionally, um, in an expositional kind of format. So two things I was keen about in writing the book and it's kind of what Dr. Carson was saying there is I really wanted to highlight, uh, women of color who are often not seen or heard, um, not only in the publishing world, but just at large. And uh, so just women that I had been learning from and who are solid um, Bible teachers, I just wanted an opportunity to highlight their voices and have other people learn from them as well. And uh, and then the second thing was, I, I re- have read a, lots of devotions, lots of Bible studies, lots of good books um, are out there for Christian women, but not one that I thought um, combined the exposition of scripture in a devotional format in the way that I think the contributors here were able to do. And that was a prayer and I, I feel like the Lord honored and blessed that. So um, so yeah, so each of them have written a devotion from the eight verse section. Uh, but then we also have more thematic um, offerings as well. So there are some chapters that take maybe a, a current topic for today. Uh, like one that I wrote was uh, kind of the fear of raising a black boy mm-hmm. in America. I mean, that's, that's a real relevant today. issue for, uh, many women of color in America and, and probably around the world as well. Um, and so how do I combat that fear? And does Psalm 119 give me tools and help, um, to navigate that, you know, from, from a biblical perspective. Um, So taking kind of current issues and putting them under the lens a little bit and having Psalm 119 speak to us um, on those topics. Mm -hmm. And then there's some poems sprinkled throughout. So poems about a poem uh, that are sprinkled throughout as well. So I, you know, so it's it's a, it's a diverse book in a lot of ways, both in terms of the contributors, but also in terms of the various types of writing that are sprinkled throughout. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I pray that the book would be an encouragement um, to people who read it that what the reason, the way it started was I had been reading and journaling through Psalm 119 myself and I was just loving it. I kind of read through Psalm 119 every now and again anyway, just because the entire chapter is about the word of God. Mm -hmm. Some reference to God's word is mentioned in almost every verse. And there are probably about eight or 10 different ways that God's word is mentioned in Psalm 119. Sometimes it's called precepts or your testimonies or your commands or your law. You know, those kinds of terms are used to talk about God's word. So, um, I was just enjoying my own, devotion and kind of journaling through it and at the time that I was kind of going through that process uh, I was getting questions from women saying hey you know anyone Mm -hmm. who's familiar with the American context right now in terms of race and um, social issues and those kinds of things would know that that's just a very relevant topic all the time Mm -hmm. and so people were asking me I really would love to learn from a woman of color should I listen to? Who should I read? You know, can you point me to resources? Um, is there a devotion? I want to, I want to learn from a woman of color next year in my daily devotion. Can you recommend something? And I just was having a hard time Mm -hmm. finding a resource that I thought, um, kind of captured what I was being asked. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord just allowed me to put those two things together just, and so what my prayer for the book is that anyone who reads it would just grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. We would just fall more and more in love with Christ and in knowledge of his word and, um, that that would deepen. Um, but that also that there would be kind of maybe in a cultural awakening or Mm -hmm. a cultural, um, connection that would allow people to learn from, um, other women outside of their normal context. Mm -hmm. Um, so some of the women are Caribbean background, African American, um, you know, Asian, Hispanic, um, backgrounds. And so all of us, I think in a body of Christ can only benefit when we learn from the experiences of someone outside of our, yeah. our culture. I mean, that's what I've been experiencing here in Absolutely. Australia is yeah. just learning so much, uh, about, um, just the history and culture and the lives of, of people who have called Australia
0: home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's diverse and varied and yeah, complicated and, yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah. of similarities to mm. America's history, um, you know, good
1: and bad. Um, but again, it's just been a blessing for me to be here and and to kind of learn in that way. So I hope that the book would also facilitate yeah. a similar kind of experience for people who read it.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to finishing it. I've started reading yes. it. Mm-hmm. How you fleshed it out has been mm-hmm. really helpful to understand because you know as I was glancing through it i noticed some poetry and and mm-hmm. the expositional teaching and and all of that and mm-hmm. i've just been quite curious to know how it's going to all pull together yes mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's very encouraging yeah thank you uh, so my other question related to your book is many of the contributors are recognizable names um mm-hmm. in the evangelical world today people like uh, Jackie Hill Perry or Trilla Newbell mm-hmm. what can you tell us about some of the other contributors and I'm really putting <laughs> you on the spot no, here. <laughs> this is
1: great.
0: So one of the things that
1: I think happens a lot in just in our societies, we're kind of attracted to the popular and who's known. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's fine, right? I mean, the Lord blesses people with gifts and popularity and we're drawn to people. In the Lord's kindness, right? He mm-hmm. he graces people with gifts and, and we're drawn to, to them in some way and appreciate their teaching. You can't go wrong with Trillia or mm. with Jackie Hill Perry or, or, or Karen Ellis or some of the other um, ladies that might be familiar. But I also wanted to kind of demonstrate in a way that there are tons of women, just like <laughs> the Jackie Hill Perrys mm. and the Trillia Newbells, who are gifted. Bible teachers who love the Word of God and who we should be learning from. And um, I guess part of it is just hoping that we would open our eyes a little bit more in our local context and see whom God has placed right in front of us um, and that we would take the steps and initiative to learn from one another just in our local context. So yeah. to answer your question, <laughs> um, some of the women whom you may not know our women like Carl Richards, her husband is Jahil and um, they came with us. Our, our church is a four and a half year old church plant and they moved to Washington DC with us. when We started the church. They moved from Minneapolis to be a part of our church. And Kyle and Jahil served faithfully in Minneapolis for years. Uh, and then Kyle and I got to know one another. And we I was discipling her for a number of years and just watched her grow and blossom as a woman of God, as a mm. wife, as a mom. Just you know, I don't know, you you've experienced those times yes. when you're meeting with someone yeah. and it's like you're it's like watching the you know how they have a um a a They'll fast have,
0: track of her. yeah God yeah breath. so they'll
1: have like a flower blooming yeah but they'll kind of speed the tape yeah. so you can see it's like you're watching that yeah and so I'm watching Kai and just the ways that the Lord was growing her she's already wise and godly but just seeing her grow exciting and, and just hearing her love for the word and grow, her growing her ability to teach and disciple women and I'm like man people need to learn from Kai like I'm learning so much from her and so she's a contributor to the book another so there's several who are just members of my church who mm-hmm. or people that I've known in my life as a Christian. And, uh, I had been learning from them and thought, man, it would be great if mm-hmm. other people had an opportunity to learn from them. Jadine Johnson, she's a member of our church now in Washington, DC. and um, she's a lawyer by trade, very thoughtful, uh, very wise. And, and I, I just knew that J. Dean would have uh, just a wonderful contribution, um, to the book as well. Uh, One other one, Jamika Munn. um, Again, she was a part of our church when we first started. Um, Her brother and his family are still with us. And she moved up to Philadelphia to be a part of another church plant. Mm -hmm. And uh, when she came to us, a young lady, she is just on fire for the Lord. She's probably the most gifted evangelist I've ever met. She will share the gospel with anyone. And when we first met, she would, uh, you know, she would hop on the, on the train, on the Metro, um, you know, on a day that she had off from work and she would just get off in random places and just take opportunities that the Lord oh, wow. would give her to share the gospel and to meet people and, uh, just gifted in that way. And she's very, um, come, she's from Detroit, so she comes from a very urban background and just. Wise and knowledgeable and gifted, loves God's word is um, really able to teach it. So some of them, they it's the first time that they've ever written for anyone yeah. <laughs> outside of their own personal use or their own local context. And I just feel like the Lord had, had kind of given me this opportunity um, to highlight
0: their teaching in some way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so yeah, voice. so that's yeah, so that's exciting. i yeah. like, listening to you. It makes me want to interview all of them. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, that be no, great you to should, have per chapter you... a short little podcast? Oh my goodness! you would have a blast. That would be so much fun. That yeah. would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, they're really weird. Yeah. So, when you're not busy editing and writing books, what ministries are you involved in? You've yeah. mentioned your church plant. test. us. Tell yeah. us what your ministry involvement is.
1: Yeah. So. Um, you know, primary ministry involvement is keeping everybody clothed and fed. Yeah, <laughs> that's going pretty well right now. <laughs> We're on holiday, so <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, take care of my family primarily. But uh, when I'm not overly busy with that, I disciple a lot of women in my church, spend a lot of time, um, one on one Bible study. I have a small group, and uh, we've been meeting since our church started. Uh, regularly. We're going to be starting the book of Exodus when I get back for the fall. So I do that and I do other kind of writing and speaking and that kind of stuff as the Lord gives opportunity. And then also I work part-time for a ministry called the Charles Simeon Trust and uh, that's basically a Bible exposition training ministry. Yeah. So we train Bible teachers in biblical exposition. So So we have a men's side and we have a women's side and myself and my colleague Colleen McFadden, we work on the women's side and kind of organize these two and a half day workshops where we train Bible teachers in um, expounding God's word and preparing um, scripture for the purpose of teaching, whether Mm -hmm. that's upfront teaching or discipleship or Sunday school or... Small
0: group. Um, and do people come to you, or is it scattered throughout the States? How, mm-hmm. how does that work?
1: Scattered throughout the States and a little bit internationally. The men's side, they have uh, a lot of international work Uh, the women's side we're just growing in the international side but um, all over the state so right now we're in about 12 or so maybe a dozen different cities actually we're about to um, open a workshop in south africa probably cape town okay yeah Mm -hmm. so you would be familiar with (laughs) the churches and the um and the folks that we're working with over there but Uh, when details come out, I'll share it with you. Maybe share do. it with your yeah, listeners. Totally. Um, but so what happens is uh, we'll go to Atlanta in the States and we choose a genre of scripture that we're going to study. This year in Atlanta, we're studying prophecy. So we're looking at minor prophets and we'll be studying Habakkuk. So we'll have a couple of expositions. Women will be given two passages of scripture that they prepare in advance of the workshop. And then when they come to the workshop, they meet in small groups and kind of have peer review of the work that they've prepared, um, teaching them good kind of exegetical skills based Mm -hmm. on the genre. Um, And then they would have an opportunity to share that and get feedback. And then we also have teaching times where we give instructions about how to consider context, um, how to connect a passage of scripture to the gospel, how to outline or find the, the structure or shape of a passage, um, how to use that shape to figure out the main idea and then how that main idea shapes, um, how we apply it mm-hmm. to our lives today. And so we kind of teach them, you know, tools for mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things that sounds famous. and then send them back to their local churches and hopefully they're better equipped to, you know, maybe we teach about Habakkuk in Atlanta and then they decide to teach it in their small group and the next season mm. um, at their local church. So
0: I am mm-hmm. so encouraged hearing this, just the need to have people to be equipped to teach the Bible. What I mean by saying that mm-hmm. there is a need is that combating our society, I think we mm-hmm. skated as Christians for so many years, mm-hmm. maybe in the 50s, 60s, 70s, because society at large was Christianized, the Christian Judea mm-hmm. ethic was so prominent, and now Christians are having to really think hard and work hard to understand what it is that they believe and so Mm -hmm. being equipped with skills like that to be able to do in your own context you know in your own Mm -hmm. homes and in your own home churches is just so essential so very encouraging oh
1: thank you i think we're in such you're you're right we're becoming more and more of an unchurched society Mm. and so even as christians coming in um, well, even when you've been in a churched environment, yeah. there have there hasn't been a lot of formalized teaching for women in particular. Yeah. We, we hope to be serving the local church by providing training that maybe uh, they don't feel equipped or haven't, you know, had mm. the opportunity to kind of figure out on their own. But then we hope that the women who go back to their churches, they can take those same tools and skills yeah. and use it to further equip yeah. uh, the members of their church. And yeah. so yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely a need, and not everyone can afford to go to Bible college or mm-hmm. seminary and get that kind of formalized training. So to have something a little bit more accessible, mm-hmm. um, I think is, is really helpful. One other thing I'll say about Simeon Trust, if anyone is interested, um, they can always go to um, SimeonTrust.org, and we also have an, have online courses. So you can take courses in biblical theology or genre specific studies as well on epistles or gospels. So if you're teaching something, you know, coming up in the fall and you want to get a handle on how to teach, you know, first Peter, you can go to the online course and, um, yeah, use the resources there.
0: So I'm assuming that your book is big on your radar at the moment, but is there anything else that's pretty big on your radar, anything that you're particularly passionate about that you'd like to share about at all?
1: I think just in general, um, my history as a Christian from early on has been one where when I when I first became a Christian, I didn't have really someone to disciple me. And um, you know it's a longer story, but the first couple of people I asked to disciple me said no. Oh no! So, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> oh no! And you're brand new Christian. Brand new Christian. Oh wow!
1: And I was crushed. I'm sure. Um, because I thought it was just kind of a normal part, or I had been told that hey, you should find a mentor, someone who can yes. help you walk in the faith, and all this. So that was another kind of crisis early on as a Christian was how do I navigate the Christian life and how do I get all these questions answered? I have about being a wife, being a mom, you know, having young children, like I need somebody to, you know, I knew I needed someone in my life in that way. So, um, that said years ago, I just made a commitment before the Lord that if anyone ever asked me to disciple them, that I would find a way to say yes, I would never say no. And so hopefully by God's grace, I've been able to keep that commitment Um, primarily my local church of Mm. course but um, so my heartbeat really is one that centers around discipleship Mm. and helping women grow so in terms of you know what else is on my mind that's that's kind of always on my mind and I'm always thinking I think and praying about ways to equip myself to um, do that better Mm. disciple women um, being on the lookout for women that the Lord brings into my life, you know, where we can meet up regularly and pray and read the Bible, things like that. But then also now I think I'm sort of in a, another phase of really praying and thinking through, are, are there ways that the Lord has given me opportunity to better resource my local church and other local churches with discipleship tools. Mm. So I don't have all the details worked out on that, but I do have some things kind of in mind that I've been praying through um, in regards to that. And and really, I think the book is kind of one of those tools that I hope would serve as a discipling tool yeah. well
0: the lord better keep you on this planet for a very long time uh-huh. so that you can have all these wonderful ideas uh, and thoughts yeah. um, the whole idea of mentorship mm. for women is and men oh wow such an important thing and yeah. and i completely identify with what mm. you're saying about you know wanting a mentor mm-hmm. and in my early 20s so my stories i started quite young as a christian but mm. also trying to grow yeah. in maturity and in those different areas and longing for a mentor but feeling i couldn't ask anybody mm-hmm. feeling that it would be presumptuous or yeah. just awkward or weird or yeah. whatever nowadays when i gotten older i've realized that there are so many older christian women out there who are quite intimidated by younger christian women yes. so it's a it's a kind of a catch-22 because yeah. the younger woman doesn't want to ask because it seems so presumptuous but the older woman doesn't want to ask because you know what can I possibly offer this young girl she's got it all together Mm -hmm. what would your words of advice be in that circumstance
1: that's so common it's just a weird cyclical thing that uh and that's really the so the sort of the end of that story is years later going back to those women who initially said no um first of all they apologize we're still friends Mm. I love them they love me we're totally fine um, but they said, uh, basically I was intimidated when you asked me that question. Mm-hmm. I did not feel equipped to do what it was that I thought you were asking me to do. And so I just said no, because I did not feel like I was ready, yeah. um, to be that kind of person. In your life. I felt like I was still growing myself. How can I yeah. know, mentor someone else? And so, um, my answer to that question is kind of, you know, it, it goes both ways. Like we have to take the bold steps of faith and mm-hmm. asking, um, you know, and, you know, kind of in a Titus two model of, yes. you know, younger women, older women. So as a younger woman, I think, you know, I just needed to keep asking yes. and I did, you know, and yeah. no word in over in, in time, he, he brought people in my life, um, who could mentor and disciple me. <clears throat> But even on the other side, for older women, I think that um, they also should be taking those bold steps of faith and trusting that the Lord has already given them everything they need for life and godliness. Mm -hmm. And that includes whatever that they need to be a godly influence in a younger Mm -hmm. woman's life and to trust the Lord and trust the work of his spirit in kind of managing those relationships I would also say kind of building a culture where it's normalized that people would have influence in one another's lives Mm. in an intentional way, you know, and Mm. I I think discipleship can look a lot of different ways. So I'm, I'm not one to say that it has to be, you know, Bible reading, prayer, and, you know, accountability every single time, or it's not discipleship. Mm. Uh, You know, one of the, one of the most fruitful Um, disciples in our church right now is an older woman, Miss Carol. She's like everybody's mom (laughs) and she just, she's just very full of life and fun. She'll grab a younger woman and say, Hey, let's, let's take a train up to New York. It's about probably about like a three hour train ride. They'll go early in the morning. They'll have lunch there, but all the time they're having conversations. The younger woman mm-hmm. is asking questions. Ms. Carol is just being herself. And it's, I, I, I noticed that there's so much that I learned from older women in my life by them just talking to me and telling me about their life. I'll, I'll tell you one other story. One, uh, when we lived in the Cayman Islands, uh, there was an older woman and I asked her if she would disciple me. She again said, Oh no, I could never do that. Like, and she was one of the most godly women I, I, you know, knew in the church. And, uh, and she said, Oh no, 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 I could, I could never do that. You know? And, uh, and and she said, I don't think I'm, I'm ready for all of that. And I said, okay. So what I did was I said, okay, well, how about, Titus was a baby at the time. I said, "How about if Titus and I just come over for lunch? You know, every couple of weeks and hang out." She said, "Oh, sure. You I know, she loved that. to cook. She loved to entertain. She loved hospitality. And she was the kind of person who, um, just in normal conversation, uh, she was just pouring out so much wisdom that she did not even recognize. And whenever I would leave lunch with her, I just felt." so uplifted and so much so ministered to mm-hmm. as she talked about her boys and how she raised her boys and her challenges with boys she was instructing me on how to pray for Titus and things that I need to keep in mind as he was growing and I was raising mm-hmm. him and her walk with the Lord and what it looked like for her to be in partnership and ministry with her husband and those kinds of things and so I say all that to say that you know we just need to be open to mm-hmm. building relationships across generation and then trusting the lord by his spirit to be working in those relationships mm. um, to
0: give us what we need you know? absolutely That's such true. valuable valuable advice and again you keep saying these things that completely resonate with yeah. me know those two things one it doesn't always have to be opening the bible every time Mm -hmm. and they can yet still be a wonderful mentor Mm -hmm. Um, but if they do open the bible which is a valuable thing to do to be able to do it in humility that you don't have all the answers and here if you can view it as here are two women Mm -hmm. who don't know all the answers grappling through with what the lord has to say together Mm -hmm. and and then the, the older you know person who's been on the walk a bit longer will quite naturally have things to to contribute but in the same way the younger woman can encourage the older woman too yeah
1: we're not saying to not open the bible no of course not definitely yeah yeah. that's
0: that's surely
1: should be a part of our regular um times of you know discipling and fellowship with one another but i think when you're in a in a community where that's where you're having to build that Mm -hmm. um then i think it's totally fine to be in casual relationships with people where you Mm -hmm. get to ask questions and you get to glean from the wisdom of others yeah Um, yeah and so i mean we we're all trying to grow in the grace and knowledge of christ we're all trying to grow in maturity together um and sometimes that's formal and sometimes it can be very informal Mm -hmm. and that's okay. okay
0: And those Bible teaching tools are just wonderful. And I hope that yeah. many, many more people can get their hands on them so that yeah. they can be better equipped yeah. and yeah. do the discipling yeah. in a way that's, that's really yeah, positive in terms of actually understanding the Bible and what mm-hmm. the Lord is saying to us. Yeah. Very yeah. exciting. Yeah. Um, last question really is what's keeping you standing firm and growing as a Christian at the moment? grace (laughs) that
1: that, that's my my simple answer but i think right now there's just a lot happening in the christian community um in america and um a lot to be concerned about and to be prayerful about um but i think what's keeping me in those moments is um, the lord's command for us to love one another Uh, So, you know, whether it's difficult things that are happening in society, whether it's tough things at home or in church, what the Lord has been teaching me over and over again is just a simple command to love. Mm -hmm. And it's a command. No one gets a pass (laughs) on loving, right? And if that's my driving, you know, motivation, loving one another, um and loving my brothers as Christ has loved me, forgiving and bearing with one another, then I think that shapes all the other difficult parts of life, right? And so uh, I feel like that's, that's, what, that's what's keeping me right now mm-hmm. firm in the faith is, um, is trusting in Christ's love for me and then demonstrating that love mm-hmm. to my brothers and sisters in
0: Christ. Mm-hmm. Super encouraging. Mm-hmm. Well, Christy, it's been a great pleasure to oh, chat no, to you. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, I've loved this. It's been yeah. such a wonderful opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm feeling that, you know, being able to have these conversations, I feel so incredibly blessed. It, mm. it almost feels like I'm being super selfish, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I really appreciate it. And I, you yeah, know, as we've been talking, we've been hearing our kids outside yeah. having a, a whale of a time. It's been <laughs> lots of laughing and these young boy voices that are, yes. oh, are starting to deepen. And yes. they, oh, it's, it's just lovely. So, here we are again, yes. like <laughs> at the end of this American South African in Australia mm. getting along. Enjoying Amen. fellowship.
1: Yeah, what a blessing! As it should be. Yeah, mm.
0: yeah. It's been a
1: treat. Thank you so much. I just, I'm like, I'm in such shock that <laughs> the Lord kind of allowed our paths to cross. I keep saying random, but I know it was just yeah. providential. But it's so sweet yeah. to see how. It went.
0: I hope you enjoyed this chat with Christy as much as I did. I love it when God gives us opportunities to really see his work in our lives. After our interview, Christy and I chatted for ages and I wish I was still recording some of our conversation for so much of it was so encouraging. We both marveled at God's hand in our lives in the new cities that we found ourselves in in these past couple of years. In fact, Christy shared how kids from the next neighborhood have begun visiting her regularly and how she started to teach them about Jesus exchanging ice pops for correct catechism answers i pray that one day maybe there will be some young man or some young woman who will one day share their testimony and it will begin with well there was this lady miss christie who told me about jesus how wonderful that would be as mentioned christie's new book has just recently hit the shelves you can find it on amazon and most other leading bookstores or simply just click on the link in the show notes on our Gospel Coalition Australia page. Lastly, we love to hear from our listeners, so there are a few ways you can connect with us. You can find us on most social media platforms with the handle at TLP And if you've had a chance to listen to this podcast today, please head on over to Instagram or Facebook and drop us a hello and, and let us know what encouraged you today. Until then, please enjoy our music by Dave Depper called Wholesome 7.